What is going on, everybody? Matthew Potter back to host Pardon the Disruption and bring some civility back to this show after last week's absolute anarchy. <laughs> All right, we're going to jump into our first question. What is the most difficult thing about managing a sales team? Steve, start us off. I think uh, the most challenging is getting them to comply, getting them to, to buy in, right? So when you hire a salesperson, they're generally very independent. They have a pretty good ego, not the negative ego, but like they have like good amount of self-confidence and by nature, they're not rule followers. So getting them to buy in is really, really challenging. The biggest thing for us is in order to get them to buy in is to have them understand how they win. And we spend a lot of time helping them fulfill their purpose and their why, but consistently the most challenging is getting them to buy in and follow the freaking processes and procedures. <clears throat> I feel like Steve's got some experience with this. and You're I, one of my salespeople. <clears throat> I feel like there's been a direct hit towards myself. <laughs> Anyways, next up, RJ. What's the most difficult part? I think it's managing their motivation. Typically, sales teams are going to be commission-based, and they might have their own individual goals on how much money they want to make and that doesn't necessarily align with what the company needs them to do uh, that's been a, a consistent theme of of ours over the years is hey they get complacent where they're happy where they are and you're trying to push the business to to do more in revenue and do more in sales and it doesn't necessarily align with their own motivation um, so for me and for us it's always been managing that motivation managing motivation. I like it. I like it. All right. Leon, what are your thoughts? I'm on a similar similar line there with RJ. Uh, but I think it's for me having managed sales teams in corporate for nine of my 11 years in the corporate space. Uh, for me, it was getting the most out of each individual salesperson for the betterment of the team without burning them out that act that balancing act that every sales manager, I guarantee every sales manager that's listening to this podcast or currently managing teams within real estate, it's that balancing act of pressure, production, and, and loving on your team to un so they understand that you have their best interest, but that balancing act for them without burning them out. Because you can only push so hard and everyone to RJ's point, their motivations are different, but getting that entire unit working together without burning them out. Ding, ding. CJ, what do you got? Yeah, man, I'd say trying to keep them from, from like leaving their role, right? Like I think the sales piece in a business is one of the most critical parts of the machine. Uh, but often I think like Steve said, it's, it's one filled with ego. You gotta have strong confidence and ego uh, to be successful as a salesperson, I think. And oftentimes they can find themselves wanting to be in another position, maybe wanting to be an owner, maybe wanting to be somebody that's, you know, moving in a different direction. And it's just trying to keep them on path, you know, keep them focused on the mission of the company, which is the reality that if they make a lot of money, then you as a business make a lot of money and everything that you're giving them, the path you're putting them on is an effort to keep, you know, the business moving in, a, in an upward trajectory. Can I just say that I don't think CJ's answers can count because right now he's just a voiceover. <laughs> I mean, he's a static image with recorded voiceovers. He's not even participating. He's using ChatGPT to answer. His I was questions. just gonna say, is he real? Hey, listen, man, you guys got to get up on AI, baby. You got to get up on AI, man. 
Um, but, you know, there's a couple things I want to add to this. You know, like, if you look at what Ren, you know, he, he preaches a lot is that helping them find their purpose and showing them how working within your system, working within the organization helps them fulfill their purpose. Now your salespeople start working like you, the business owner, were working a long, long time ago, right? Because when we were first started, we were working 60, 70 hours a week, and we didn't complain. We just did it, right? Mm -hmm. Getting your salespeople to operate the same way, you got, you got to plug into their purpose. So, you know, when RJ is talking about motivation, I think that's, you know, very similar there. And the other, you know, bad joke I make here is, you guys ever watch Stephen He? He's a, he does, like, YouTube and TikTok, whatever. So, like, he talks about, like, you know, there's, like, levels of games. There's, like, easy, uh, medium, hard, and then Asian, right? I think... <laughs> Uh, medium, right, is like when you're running like a small team. Hard is when you're running a larger team. Asian is when you're running a, a larger sales organization. That's when you go start pulling your hair out. Yeah. Well, I, I think know. that... Go, go ahead, ahead, RJ. Go ahead. All right. So I was just going to add one additional thing, and this is from my own experience. When managing a team and trying to get them at the highest level is also getting them to buy into the understanding that the team is only as powerful as its weakest link. Meaning that we're going to have turnover and everyone has to understand that you have job security as long as you accomplish the things that are set forth. The, the objectives, the KPIs that we're measuring on a daily, weekly, monthly basis to, morale is a big thing in a sales organization and to get across and everyone understands that we are only as good as our weakest link and that some people are just not going to make it. As long as you do what you need to do, you're going to be fine. But that's hard to get across to an entire unit of, in my particular case, managing 25 salespeople at once. That's tough. Yeah, and Steve, I, I saw, you know, you had a TikTok recently talking about, you know, your team, y'all had a slow week. You didn't hit your goals and your team one by one made the decision to come in and work on a Saturday. Yeah. I mean, I listen, they, that doesn't happen very often. No. And, and that's, there, there's something to be said about, that's why I say it's motivation because somehow you found a way to, to strike a chord there with your team to motivate them to want to hit their goals, whether that's and to Leon's point, whether that's financial or morale base or something struck a chord there to motivate them to want to come in and, and put in essentially a sixth day that week. I think that says a lot about the leadership of your organization, but also just about finding a way to connect with your sales organization and, and giving them that motivation. Absolutely. And I appreciate you, you saying that, right? So like Jaden, he's running the wholesale team and he's doing a masterful job. And what he's done is like he's plugging into exactly what they're trying to do, right? It's not about the money. We got to find their why, and the why is not the money, right? Everyone says the money, but it's not. And so he's been able to plug into what their true purpose is. And again, that's directly attributed, right? Like Ren, one on one coaching Jaden on like how to how to work with the sales team. Ding, it's ding, a blessing ding. to witness. <clears throat> All right, we're done with that round, CJ. Feel free to participate in the next one. <laughs> yeah, no, my, my answer was solid enough, man. I'm, uh, I'm sure it was, and you had a lot of time to practice off camera. Um, <laughs> we're going to go ahead and give that one to Steve, even though I feel personally attacked um, by, you know, trying to manage salespeople over here. Steve has done an incredible job of being able to, like he said, take me from, you know, 
the bare the bare bones to get me to buy in and able to get me to where I am today. RJ, you had a good answer as well, but with your judging last week, like, dude, there's nothing I can do for you. I'm sorry, boss. All right, next up, we have just like Marvel's Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania comes out. What is one superpower you wish you had? Steve, start us off. Um, this is probably gonna be a super boring answer, but for me, it's it's time travel. You know, like I wish I knew when I started what I know now, right? If I could just impart this knowledge, and there's a little bit of envy. You know, we got Ryan Zolan, right? He just turned 25 years old, right? And I was like, you have no idea how many people you look up to that would probably gladly trade places with you, right? Uh, to done what he's done by 25, and we had Max Vollmer on the show yesterday. He's 24. He's already found financial freedom, right? So if I can go back in time and just talk to myself and impart that knowledge, I would say that would be the, the superpower I, I, I wish I had. Absolutely. You were correct. That is a very boring answer. But <laughs> I will say this. Shout out to my, shout out to my boy, Ryan Zolan, co-founder, the Real Family Tree over at Real Broker. Um, next up, let's hope that we can go – uphill because clearly we can't go downhill from that answer what do you got for us rj so it's funny because i've actually said this my whole life and it has nothing <laughs> to do with business so i just have to stick with it if i could be <laughs> one superhero it would be magneto uh i've always thought magnetism is like the greatest superpower of all time because you can pretty much do Jeez, anything right. if you're controlling metal <laughs> So, if you've ever watched any of the X-Men movies, that dude is a badass. Who he is this guy, man? He literally takes someone's blood out of his bloodstream because he had too much iron. He removed the ore of the earth because he has magnet <laughs> I mean, magnetism. I want to be Magneto. It's in line with titanium. I, I was yes. going to say, I feel, I feel like there's an underlying uh, reason why we got mm -hmm. titanium investments over here now. I, I honestly did not think that this panel was smart enough to catch on to that. Kudos to you guys. <laughs> Look, we're, we're bringing the A game back this week. We are. <laughs> All right. Thank you for that extremely insightful answer there, RJ. <laughs> Leon, what you got for us, boss? <laughs> For the record, that's worse than my Tech Mobile answer from last <laughs> Walter uh, Payton. <laughs> I came into this knowing that I had one superpower that I wanted my entire life, but I was smart enough to come into this panel knowing that I needed to pick something better for business. So previously, I would have said flight, flying. But today, for business purposes, it would be the power to read someone's mind. Think about that. Think about how much you could use that in your personal, with your wife, your loved ones, your family. You can manipulate a lot of situations in personal and in business. I mean, think about all those objections that people tell you, those smoke screens they give you, but you can actually read someone's mind and you know exactly what that objection is and you can overcome. The possibilities would be endless to read other people's minds. Going with mind reading. I like it. I really want to know what the other one was, though. Like, well, what was the other, what was the other option on the table? I told you flying. Flying was flying. always the one right. that I wanted as a superpower. Makes sense. All right. CJ, what you got for us, boss? Yeah, I, too, like RJ, you know, since I was a child, I uh, had a superpower I wish I had. And it'd, it'd be awesome if I had it right now. 
Yeah, I wish I could just like teleport through like screens or <laughs> you know, like wavelengths and just pop up on RJ right now and knock him inside the, like on the back of his head. <laughs> so then he could actually give us a legitimate answer other than being Magneto. Uh that's that's what I, I mean. My whole life I've been waiting for the somebody to ask me this question. All these interviews I've done speaking on stage. I wish somebody would have asked what I would want a superpower to be. Literally, if I could go through the screen right now. And just take the belt in the back, put the Viking helmet on first <laughs> and the vest, and then take the belt and just knock RJ upside the head. It'd be my life would just be crazy. It'd be amazing. That's my super. <laughs> Two minutes, chop it up, y'all. See, that wouldn't work though, because my magnetism would stop the belt. <laughs> Leon would be flying and I would just wrap him up in metal and he would just fall to the ground. <laughs> So I, I just want to comment here that Leon went back to informed. He went back to the well. <laughs> he must hey. be the most informed. Hey, I was, my nickname in college was the professor. There's a reason. <laughs> feel free to read a book. Get informed in some capacity. Feel free. So that's awesome, though. I mean, you went back to what works. I, I, I respect that. Yeah, I, I don't like to come into a situation not knowing. And when you're, think about it, you're self-centered. <laughs> think about all those objections that you help people overcome. If you can read someone's mind, I don't have any objections to overcome. I know exactly what the true, the true objection is. That's a pretty solid answer. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> our, we have nothing else to discuss on this one up well, there, X-Men. I think we got to revoke a point i we haven't done this before on the show but i think we got to take a point away from from rj yeah magnetically you pull that away <laughs> <laughs> okay so i uh, i think that we all agree that cj had the best answer because we need him to teleport in front of a camera that actually is going to stream through the whole show so we're going to go ahead and award that one my boy magneto over there was a close second leon coming with the actual only insightful thoughtful answer i take that back steve's was as well um but cj gets the point on that one just because you know we're we're all hoping that he steps his game up very soon all right look we're gonna go ahead and get him on that premium comcast over there in the nva no doubt, all right no next up we have this question and for a little context this goes to lebron james uh you know becoming the nba's all-time leading scorer amazing event everybody was going nuts our boy aaron over here literally at the game jumping around you know looking like richard simmons in the 80s like it, it was a whole thing so on that note on this one as an owner how do you react when your second best salesperson is not celebrating another's victory cj go ahead and start us off since you were the clear-cut winner last round yeah you sit down and have a conversation and see where they feel like uh, they're being held back or, or what they feel like they feel, you know, they're missing out on. I think oftentimes people create stories in their head about scenarios or situations that don't have anything to do with actual fact. And I think everything could be solved with conversation. I think you sit down with that person, you have a, a solid conversation to realign their goals and see what their focus is. And you create a plan to help get them back on, on track with that and get them towards that. Uh, that, that. That'd be my answer. All right, all right. Thoughtful, insightful. Sit them down. Have a have a deep, meaningful conversation. You know, that's another podcast that we'll go ahead and start with. Uh, Steve, what about you? 
Um, just to add a little bit more clarity for those that didn't watch the highlights or, or see it, right? Like Anthony Davis, so the bench is going crazy, and Anthony Davis is just sitting there, right? I think he had a towel over his head, right? So uh, for the situation here, I think, you know, a lot like what Chris said, I, we would have to have a sit-down, and we would have to have a performance improvement plan. Like, look, here's what happened. Here's what we've seen. How do you feel about the situation? What are your thoughts on it? Do you believe it's acceptable? Would you like to change? Would you like to improve? Right? Like, do you, is this something that you want to change? And if not, if you feel like this behavior is acceptable, right? Like every morning huddle, there's the four of us here, and then, you know, Ari just got his pouty face on. Like we cannot keep this going, right? Like we would have to have, if you can't change, then it's obviously not a good culture fit and we will part away. So we started with performance improvement plan, but if it doesn't change, we're gonna have to release them, you know, back into the economy. <laughs> back into the okay, economy. so we gotta send them back to the nine to five, got it. Got into it. the wild. Back, back into the wild. RJ, what are, what are your thoughts on this? Well, first and foremost, I really appreciate NBA for giving us so many freaking topics here on Part of the Disruption. <laughs> I mean, we got more coming, RJ. Don't worry. Kareem Abdullah added to our, our PTD gold. I mean, listen, what he did is unacceptable, in my opinion. And it's no wonder why the Lakers are so pathetic. I mean, they're one of the worst teams in the NBA, and they have quite possibly two of the greatest players that will ever play the game on their team as the leaders. And this is where Anthony Davis doesn't understand. I don't know if he's too young or if he's had too much just given to him in his life, but that reaction is pathetic on his part. And it's why their team sucks. It's why on that great night for LeBron James, they lost to the Oklahoma City Thunder. I mean, it's as an owner, I would sit him down, I would chew his ass, and probably trade him. That would be my response because he's toxic, he's cancer. I don't know if there's a team out there that would want him. To be honest with you, after that pathetic performance, RJ coming with the strong words. I just wanted to let you know there's some breaking news. Aaron is, and I quote, "going to fight you." Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just le- I'm just letting you know, be prepared, bro. Like I'm I'm out I'm out here, you know, just trying to help you out. Um, that that being said, like I I don't know, RJ, you make a very valid point there. Uh, Leon, what you what you got, boss? Steve, I thought the goal of this was to have great dialogue without fighting. Now we got fisticuffs started on the show because of hey, we're the gonna, we got to get more views and downloads and subscriptions. All right, yeah, do what you got to do, I guess. Um, <laughs> the, the the right answer is if if you are um, a mature, um, smart owner slash um, business owner from a business perspective, then you you take this into a one-on-one conversation to CJ's point. If you are a bad owner, you, you go out and you, you overreact um, and you, you, know, you go to the media, those type of things. We've seen that with bad ownership in professional sports. Leadership, true leadership is you have to get to the root of the issue. Like why is AD over there pouting when his teammate just became the all-time leading scorer, this wasn't just he had the most points in a game this season. This wasn't something arbitrary. This was a massive, massive accomplishment. There's something deeper there that I, as the owner, or I, as the coach in this particular situation, I have to have a one-on-one conversation and really, truly get to the root of the issue. What is causing you to be pouting on the bench 
while your teammate has just accomplished probably one of the greatest things in NBA history. Like, what, what, what's going on there? And I have to know that. That's, the, that's ultimately what a true leader does. But what do, you, what do you even want to know the answer for, Leon? I mean, let's be honest. Your t- you, the, the team sucks. You're not going anywhere. So you're going to have to make changes eventually anyways. Why not set the standard that this is unacceptable at our organization? Because I, I want to know, RJ, I truly want to know, did, is there something there that I'm missing as a leader that caused that? I don't want to p- place blame first. There may be a, something in that game. It's not acceptable behavior, but I don't want to place blame. If there's something that I did in that particular case that caused it, maybe it wasn't LeBron, then I need to address that first. From a perspective as a leader, I need to know that. If I just chew their ass and they – there was a reason that was, you know, honestly acceptable, even though we don't think it is. There may be something there that that they can give you some insight on that you haven't thought of. Well, look, like I said on my last answer, sometimes people create stories that has nothing to do with fact. All right, here's the fact. Anthony Davis said after the game that the reason he did it is he was upset that the team was losing. And we have to understand that celebration, this was a historic moment, right? One that I don't know in our lifetime that we'll ever actually even see again. Uh, Cause this guy's on an absolute tear. I don't know if anybody's ever going to do this again, Anthony, this, but the celebration happens dead set in the middle of the game. Once he crosses the benchmark. All right. And so Anthony Davis commented after the game that he was pissed that they were losing the game at that time. Right. When, when LeBron broke the record and we haven't seen a bunch of conversation about the situation after the fact, right. Aside from the next day or something like that. So I don't, I, maybe we're giving Anthony Davis, you know, too much of a push right now it looks like it was already taken care of in house it looks like those conversations were had and if you follow anthony davis and lebron and some of these other players on the lakers uh these guys hang out all the time lebron and and ad they're they're great friends and and i would argue as a lakers fan but i would argue that the lakers had probably the best trade deadline moves made in the entire league at the same time so i don't i don't think that that was a a bad push leon you look like you're going to save mavericks uh, I disagree. No, no, I definitely wouldn't say that. You you know where I stand with uh, Kyrie. So, but now I was going to so, say the Suns with, with KD. Suns made Chris, a strong move. So they made I a strong will, move, but that's yet to be seen. I will put money, Chris, that we can find footage of Anthony Davis smiling sometime throughout this horrific Lakers season. Guarantee you we can find. Right? So I, I just don't buy that. I I'm not that. saying – I'm not saying we – that that – Maybe he was telling the truth. Maybe he wasn't. But we got to go based off what he said. Right? We haven't seen that it's become a larger issue. And I think we that's need something. Leon to get a superpower, we can go figure this out for us. Minds. But I, <laughs> all I'm saying is, he said about business. As, ahead, a, as a leader on that team, he should have used that moment right there to motivate his team, get his team pumped up to come back and want to win the game. I don't see sitting over there moping on the bench – because you're losing a, a regular season game when you're what you're on pace to lose 50 of them. So it ain't like this is a new thing for you, AD. You're getting your ass kicked every single game. So stand up and try to do something different. I mean, to Steve's point, guaranteed we can find them sitting over there in street. Uh oh. Mm-hmm. Close. So, yeah. I- now nah, I think Potter muted you at the right moment, man. <laughs> <laughs> Ding. 
All right. So <clears throat> this one's a this one's a little bit. Uh, it, it's difficult to judge. Um, you know, RJ called me out last week that you know I go to the audience often. So based off of that, I'm not going to go to the audience who unanimously went for RJ. So instead, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take this one over to my man Steve on this one. I'm just letting you guys know that's where it's at. This, you know, there's repercussions for you know your comments last week, RJ. So I need I need you to be aware of that, bud. <laughs> um, I feel a shutout this week. Yeah, you you might get a shutout. You might get the CJ treatment, dude. I I can't guarantee it, dude. I I don't know, man. But uh, to your point though, I I do agree. Like, dude, that's a that's a moment that AD needs to step up and he needs to celebrate and he also needs to get motivated. I, I do agree with that. I just don't agree with your judging. Um, real quick, before we go on to our fourth question, we're going to toss it over to Steve, and he's going to go ahead and tell us some information about Kiavi. All right, so with capital thinning in today's market, it is crucial for real estate investors to build relationships with reliable lenders to access the capital they need. Uh, that's where Kiavi comes in. Whether you're flipping houses or investing in rental properties, Kiavi offers fast approvals, high leverage, and reliable capital to close more deals in any market environment. Through their easy online process and dedicated support, you can access the flexible loan options that help you scale your business confidently. Go to kiavi.com slash real estate disruptors to learn more and download your pre-qual letter in minutes. Terms and conditions do apply, so please see kiavi.com for further details about potential loan options. And uh, remember this, because we're going to be referencing this back on question number five. Awesome. Thank you, Steve. All right. Question number four, since the NBA always gives us a whole lot to work with. That's the uh, background behind this. Uh, Leon had already talked about the Suns with their trade deadline. As an entrepreneur, would you risk your financial future to kill it in the next two years, knowing that the following years after that, you could face some hardship? And that's directly related to the Suns trading away, you know, three quarters of their team for KD. Steve, go ahead and start us off. So RJ's right. NBA gives us Plenty of fodder, so we do have to appreciate them for that. Um, and I love the Suns trade, even though they traded my favorite player on the team, uh, uh, Bridges. But as a business owner, I couldn't do this. I could not mortgage the future. I can't guarantee, right? We might win a championship this year. We might have a killer year next year. But the four years after that, we're pretty much guaranteed to just be in a ton of trouble, right? Like, we're going to have massive headwinds because it gave away the future. So as a business owner... Unless I'm deciding to take, you know, years 2025, 20, 2026, 20, 2027 20, off and like travel the world, I just cannot see it making sense to give away the future just to try to win today as a business owner. I love it. This is the number one reason why Steve hasn't actually shipped me away yet, guys, just so that you're <laughs> aware. Um, all right, RJ, go ahead and hit us with the insightfulness. What you got? Yeah, no, I, I disagree with the move and no, as a business owner, there's no way in the world that I would make a, a move like this, like like Steve's calling it, mortgaging for the future. No. Um, and and I, honestly, I don't think the move's going to play out for the Suns either, just on a, on a basketball level. Um, sorry, Steve. I, I know you're hoping it really does work out, there, but I, I don't think it's going to work out because know, going back to our previous episodes, how many episodes have we had conversations about KD? So... Did they even mortgage it for the right reasons? I think it's a risky move. And as a business owner, I think it's our job to protect what we're building and make strategic moves to grow consistently and not try to have these huge peaks and valleys. 
There we go. That's that. That's that good RJ uh, insightfulness we're looking for. I like that. Leon, what about you? We already know kind of where you are with it. What are your thoughts? Well, I think in this particular case, from a sports angle, I think we needed to make this particular move because the in, in sports, rosters show whether they're going to be able to win a championship or not. And coming into this season, that particular team wasn't at the top. They, they were actually uh, regressing versus progressing with that particular roster. So I think from a sports perspective, they needed – to, to make a splash. They needed to do something. They either need to rebuild the roster or bring in a superstar. And I, I commend them for doing it, but this is where business is different. Wealth is a long-term game. Ask, ask Warren, Warren Buffett and real estate is a great place to build long-term wealth methodically and consistently. And you can do that at a fast pace, a medium pace and, and a long-term pace at the same time. You can do all of those things without taking major risk. I talk to people all the time that say, you know, I did a thousand transactions last year. I did 500 transactions, but how much money did you make? Right. You know, it's, 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 it's a long term. You take all that risk for, for not much money. And I see it play out quite often in this, in, in business as well. But for me, I'm, I'm taking less risk and I'm methodically building wealth. Nice. All right. CJ, what are your thoughts? Slow and steady wins the race. I mean, every time I, I don't think you ever, you know, try to mortgage yourself to kill it, you know, uh, in a quick time span. I mean, I'm 36, right? Uh, Ryan Zolan, Steve was just talking about somebody's 25 years old. Why would you try to want to kill it by the time you're 27 when you've got another 25, 30 years of business uh, that you can plan and, and, and move forward in? Uh, and I think, you know, there's something to be said about how team environments really in sports and in business we see work now where it really works from a space of uh, building people up, man, like uh, getting people, getting them trained up properly, get them the resources and stuff that they need, allowing that training and growth to, to take its time and not always trying to seek out the immediate win. I think that, you know, if we go back to when Boston Celtics had Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, then you had Miami Heat with those, you know, their triple threat. I think the super team concept has kind of taken over uh, the BA, uh, but I think the teams that we see consistently at the top of the of the league and the top of business at all times are the teams like the Golden State Warriors, the teams like the Milwaukee Bucks, the teams like the Boston Celtics, the teams that have brought players in, uh, built them up, given the resources and training and, and support they need, and then you see them really take off over time consistently, and I think that's what this is all about. CJ is disqualified because for years he's been saying slow feet don't eat, and now he's saying slow and steady. <laughs> so, look, slow feet, slow feet still don't eat. Don't get it mistaken. But you can, you can. I think you can be bullish, right? But I think you can be conservative at the same time. I think I made a great point about being strategic. You know, as somebody who deals with tons of people that are new to the business, one of the downfalls I see with people is they're not strategic in how they approach things. Their approach is always aggressive. It's always, hey, I need a transactional immediate return on this investment, on this opportunity. And I think we are all examples of people that have, you know, Steve's been up here for, you know, the last six months talking about dealing with problems and working through them, right? I've had to do the exact same things over the years. RJ, you talked about the exact same things. And so the reality of it is, is being consistent and plugging away at things over time is going to get you where you want to go. He's like, this is Last thing I'll say, just on a on a basketball level, 
The reason why I don't think this is going to work is because I can't remember in the last decade a midseason move like this actually panning out. So I can name one. Okay, what? Right behind you, Kawhi. Leonard. That was a midseason. Yes, it was. That was the next season they won. The Kawhi. next season he played the full season. It was not an acquisition. Well, regardless, that's an acquisition. That's a big mortgaging of the future to go get a star. So maybe it wasn't midseason. And and how did it work out? It got him a championship the next season. And then everybody left. And but and they tried to give him the damn country. He could have owned Canada, and they could have turned it down. <laughs> as Who a Suns fan, Canada, bro. I mean, as a Suns fan, I'll accept that. As a business owner, totally unacceptable. Yeah, I, I think from a perspective of from the sports side of it, they they ask Steve. He's a he's a season ticket holder. They had to make a splash because what they had wasn't getting them to where they were just a couple of years ago. One nope. one extra game away from <sighs> a championship. They just they weren't going back to that at least this season with that roster. I know why we lost that 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 game. DJ came out to that game. DJ <laughs> was the bad luck. He flew out to watch. To watch that game, game six. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was that day? Hey, that was an expensive ticket, man. That's like a five dollars ticket, ticket, right? But we got to hang out in the in the in the. No doubt, that? man. Yeah. Downstairs, yep. Ding ding. All right. As much as I've tried to shut my man RJ out, it ain't gonna happen. That was quite possibly the greatest piece of dominance I've ever seen. Um, and I do, I do agree. Like I feel that the Suns have just given away so much of the farm um to get this and i honestly don't know how this will play out but i do agree with leon steve um they got to do something um because the team the team they had wasn't going to get them to the finish line all right y'all next question uh this is a personal favorite of mine mainly because i'm the one that came up with it um with the recent change that on conventional loans backed by Fannie and Freddie that now are going to require 12 months of seasoning before you can do a cash out refinance. Do you think that this is going to hinder the Burr strategy? And do you think this is a knee jerk reaction towards investors to try to slow them down in some of the hotter markets? Go ahead and start us out, RJ. Do I think it's going to hinder investors? No, because we are resourceful. And we will do whatever is necessary to do what our end objective is. And case in point, what we're moving into, and we've had numerous conversations about this, we're going to be buying more properties on seller finance terms. We're going to be buying more properties subject to the existing mortgages. So is it going to impact the Burr strategy? Uh Potentially for some people that that might not be set up, you know, Leon was talking about this. I'm I'm similar to Leon, where this isn't going to impact my ability to go out. I'm taking out the commercial loans when I'm refinancing, and and is it a knee jerk reaction to try to slow down investors? Um, potentially, uh, because I think there's people out there that want to see the activity by investors to slow down. They think that's what's needed um, in the marketplace, but. I don't think it's going to give them the end result that they want. Got it. Got it. All right. I like it. Next up, Leon, what you got? Like RJ, I don't think this slows down uh, the investor that is a full-time investor and has been for uh, applying the burst strategy for many years because most of the loans that we're taking out to 
Burr, to use the Burr strategy, are commercial loans, so this doesn't apply to us, but it does the newer investor that maybe started out wholesaling and is starting to hold some properties um, to build wealth. So it may slow them down a little bit, but as our said, real estate investors that, that continue to grow are resourceful. Like for instance, in the 90 day flip rule for FHA seasoning, you, you can novate that. You can get around that by novating it. Well, that wasn't something until Eric and shout out to Eric Brewer for the Brewer method. That wasn't something that was available or at least it wasn't, no one, not many people knew about it until Eric brought it to mainstream, but there's always going to be a way to work around these things. I would just caution that when these type of changes are made, they're typically made because someone is um, doing something that they shouldn't be doing. And I know that there's more regulation coming as you see more and more people getting into this space. So I just caution those when they see this type of regulation, things like this come from those that are not playing within the rules. That's a very, very good point, Leon. Uh, generally, anytime you see any kind of regulation, it's somebody somebody got caught with their hand in the cookie jar. All right, CJ, what are your thoughts, boss? Yeah, so here's the reality, right? Like this really only affects the everyday or, or the armchair, what I would call respectfully, right? The armchair investors. Good old you know, respectfully. <laughs> Full-time investors, people who do this for a living, uh, they're not even taking down these type of loan products. These are generally people that have full-time jobs or something to that effect that are trying to pull down financing uh, for their first few rentals or something like that. Um, I think that there's a lot of people that this hasn't been really discussed a lot, but I think there's a lot of people in those situations that in the last you know year and a half, two years have lost their shirt during COVID uh, when dealing with things like people not paying rent uh, and trying to use the rent relief program and things like that. I think a lot of people that don't do this every day have gotten into very tough positions because uh, they may not have been set up financially to deal with the black swan event and having to cover multiple mortgages and things of that nature. Maybe that led to this type of regulation, but you know, does it have a long-term effect on the market investors? No. And if you really look deep into the data, uh, it's not even really us, the individual small business owner investors that are taking down a lot of these properties. It's really institutional money that's coming in and taking down the bulk of these properties in these major metro areas. So no, I don't think this has a great impact at all on the market whatsoever. Okay. Steve, what are your thoughts? Um, <clears throat> I don't think it's going to affect the market at all, but I think it will affect um, a number of investors that this is their particular strategy. You know, I think like what Chris is talking about, you know, the guys there working nine to five that someone's sending them a deal that they can buy and they do, they do a regular, refinance, you know, Jimmy talks about it, Jimmy Vreeland, you know, he, he was, he was the, the winner last week, you know, suspects, suspects wise. Anyway, um, he, he preaches with your nine to five, buy 10 properties, right? Using the conventional mortgage. It might affect the mainstream or, you know, the general community, middle-class, you, you might say, that's trying to buy rental properties. But for most investors, it won't be a problem uh, because we are, you know, like I just said, we're all resourceful. And on top of that, there's always, there's always going to be a buyer, right? Regardless of that exit, that particular exit strategy. As far as a knee jerk reaction, probably, you I mean, I have no faith, right? In the, in the upper, uh, you know, the upper, what would you call it? Upper class, you know, the, the elite class, they're passing these all the time that don't help anybody and oftentimes harm, harm the general community. I think it's harming the people that they were trying to help. Yep. I think it's, it, it there's, goes. 
they're they're so far removed from this and this is why it's important for those of us that are doing this every day to actually be involved in these conversations because if you're trying to make a change and you're trying to help a certain demographic and then you come out with these regulations and you actually harm the people that you're trying to help it's just like dude you got to understand what the the end objective is and how you're going to achieve it and it this is just laughable to me. I, I don't really understand what they were trying to achieve other than hurt the people that they were trying there, to There are always these type of these type of changes always have unintended consequences that typically come back on the other side. You're you're so right. But I will say to that investor that is newer, that is not like you and you and I, RJ, when it comes to burying out through commercial side, I would say to that individual is that there's so much information going back to being informed, available to everyone. The Jimmy Breelands of the world, his, his job, what he does on a daily basis is sell turnkey. Eric Brewer, same thing. They, turn, they sell turnkey assets to high W-2 earners. Guess who, you know, they will know exactly other resources of the workaround. So if you are this individual and you are getting stuck because you can only do so many a certain amount of time, those type of things, I would go to people like Jimmy and others in the industry that are selling turnkeys. They're going to have funding options for you. There's always workarounds. To, real quick, to Leon's point, and, I, and that's specific to even Jimmy and Eric, I think he's right about that. I just think if we look at society in totality, that social media, information marketing, uh, inf influence, right, is, is, is higher than it's ever been, right? Like we've been having these conversations for weeks about the, the, incredibly fast impact of chat dbt and a lot of the information that's available out there now at people's fingertips that, that's at a swipe on their cell phone when they they swipe their tiktok and some guy with a beard and a titanium hat pops up and he's cold calling people and they're like what the heck is this guy talking about he looks like a weirdo like what is this right like this is happening for even the, the average armchair person that's just starting to get into the business like they're finding this stuff fast now it's not like 10 years ago 13 years ago when I started, like you had to go digging to, to, to find these, this network or this social community. Now it's you open your phone up and it's just there. Uh, got guys, Eric Brewer doing radio spots and all these different types of things. So, you know, I don't think this, again, I just don't see this having as much impact as maybe it's intended because I don't think the people that uh, put policy in place uh, have their foot close enough to the ground at a grassroots level to be even in the pocket of knowing uh, how information is flowing now. Let's be honest. The the real negative side of this is is that Pace Morby already eviscerated <laughs> the Burr method with his Facebook and Instagram ads, and now he's just gonna like 10x it. We're not gonna have anything but Pace Morby just going after the Burr method even harder <laughs> on his ads. Uh, so you know, for everyone that's listening, right? Like uh, Leon's talked about it, Artie's talked about it, Chris talked about it, right? Like there's commercial financing. Right, you can go through a commercial. Uh, you can go through a community bank. Right, just go to your local community bank, uh, and then you know, Kiavi. I know they have cash out refi programs as well. Right, so like, it's funny they try to instill these things to make things harder, but they're not even going to make a dent. And these programs now with Kiavi, Lima One, some of these other companies, right? Like, here's the harsh reality: these companies now are marketing and dealing with a lot of people who are brand new to the business anyway. If you've got at least a 640 credit score and a little bit of money sitting in the bank, you're going to go get a loan. And it's not going to have anything to do with this policy. 
So I just think that, again, a lot of people are sitting around passing bills and putting things in place that they have no real concept of how the business functions or works. And yeah. there's something to be said about that too, unfortunately. If you're listening to this and you're being affected by this, you probably are a higher W-2 that's adding portfolio, adding to your portfolio using the Burr strategy. You're the most bankable person that, you know, that's in real estate. You have a W-2, you're a high earner. Every bank's wanting to give you money. So, I want good. to give you some money. <laughs> Deuces, Fanny. Um, uh, hey, real quick before you continue, you know, uh, RJ's talking about, you know, uh, going and talking to the powers that be. I mean, just a shout out to uh, Eddie Speed, right? Like it was, I think in the last four weeks, he was down there, right? Talking to like how sub two and everything else, how that's impacting uh, legislators. He's talking to the legislature, legislators in Congress, right? Like, hey, if you want to pass laws, like here's what you need to know before you pass laws. So I just want to put cats off to Eddie Speed because he, he is actually out there trying to make sure things are getting done the right way. Everybody on the panel came through strong on that one. Um, love the answers, insight, the helpfulness to our listening audience. Um, that being said, I'm going to go ahead and give this one to Steve for his 100% unwavering distrust of the government passing regulations. Like, he has never wavered on that in any way whatsoever. <laughs> so, last audit. but certainly... Audit coming. There's an audit coming. Here it is. <laughs> All right. So last but not least, we got question number six. I really personally like this one a lot. I think you guys are going to do great with it. How do you handle a situation where someone you've worked with on a deal spreads negativity about you and your company? Steve, start us off. Man, I really struggle with this. I think there's, you know, there's one or two different ways to go with it. Um, I mean, for the most part, I just ignore it, right? Uh, I just... Dismiss it. Don't let it bother me. Just block them on social media. I just move on from there, right? That's what I generally do. But a very large part of me wants to put them on blast, wants to create content, give my end, right? Go the politician route. But for the most part, like, I'm just going to allow my credibility, my <laughs> reputation, my integrity to speak for itself. <laughs> now, next up. RJ, what you got for us? <laughs> we handle it a little bit different over here at Titanium. Okay? You want to spread some negativity? There's a reason why they call me the Viking Wizard over here, okay? Uh, I mean, uh, it, sometimes that's tough. I mean, I think Steve's right. Sometimes you just got to ignore it, but sometimes it can be so bad that you do have to address it. You know, I mean, it could impact future deals, future relationships, banking relationships, all kinds of different things. So I think each one of them needs to be handled individually. But sometimes you need to at least address it out there publicly and say that's not what happened if there's lies being spread about you. Absolutely. Sometimes you just got an axe to grind, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> Leon, what you got for us? Where's your headgear? Man, I didn't know we were supposed to be bring props. So I'll, I'll make sure I bring some in next time. Not informed enough. Um, so going back to my advertising days before I got into real estate, um, working with small business owners, the biggest thing that we would um, discuss with them and share with them is anytime there was a negative review, um, the best way to, to drown out negativity is with positivity. I know that sounds like a kumbaya 
uh, answer, especially for following up the axes and the helmet there. <laughs> but, you know, each, each situation is different, but the best way to drown out negativity, especially if you've built, like everyone on this panel has been in real estate long enough, that's built a business, that there's going to be disagreements in real estate. Just are, right? But if someone is attacking your character and those type of things, hopefully you have built up enough goodwill within your community what, for real estate, uh, within your personal community and what you do business in, that you have people that can go to bat for you, that can drown out any of that negativity the positive. Hey, I've worked with this, this guy for seven years and I've never had an issue with him. That doesn't sound like who he is. There's a great opportunity always to get rid of negativity by drowning out with positivity. Hopefully you've built that type of network. You can get that. You are 100% correct, Leon. That was a very kumbaya answer and I appreciate <laughs> it. We're here for it. CJ, what you got boss? Uh, old CJ would be pulling up on your doorstep. <laughs> And, uh, you know, having Point. one of those uh, intentional conversations, right? I sit down. Um, you know, respectfully, res very respectfully, very respectfully. Uh, these days, uh, listen, we got a little bit of cheese now, right? Uh, my favorite thing is, why don't we just go to court and we can prove if you're right, right? You can't allow people to play with your name and reputation. When people do, you have to handle it quickly and aggressively. And I think the best way to do that as a business owner is to handle it legally uh, if, there, if there's a dispute and something's not accurate. And so, you know, and you let time tell, right? Like you let time always tell the story. You know, when you hear negative things and gossip about people and, and, and things like that, when that person's still standing or even moving at a higher la uh, level, you know, two, three, five years from the, uh, from the point of time, uh, you know, that, that looks a lot different, right? And I think Leon made an incredible point when you do good business with people, when you've got great relationships that you've had over time, uh, people understand and know that this business has turbulence in it. Like it's not all peaches and rainbows every single day. Uh, and if you have the expectation of doing business with anyone, that you're not going to have some sort of adversity or turbulence, you're, you're grossly mistaken of how this whole thing works. So, you know, you handle it how you have to, how you have to handle it rather, you know, situationally, but uh, be aggressive when you need to at the same time. Well, I, I'll add something to that. I mean, listen, we're currently going through something along these lines right now. And and internally, Cassie and I, we have to figure out how we're going to handle that situation. Uh, there has to be some kind of public announcement made in regards to the topic and because of what has been said about me personally. Um, and, and so that's something that we are deciding how to handle that. CJ, to your point, uh, handle it in court. Sometimes that's not always an option. In, in my circumstances, it's not because it's not necessarily uh, something that could be decided by the courts. It's more just rumors being spread. Um, also, Pat Hilton had somebody say something negative about him online. Great guy. To Leon's point, a bunch of people came out and defended him and said, that's not the case. That's not who Pat Hilton is. And he just stayed silent. So I think in this regard, there's multiple ways to answer it. In my case, I think there will be a lot of people that defend me. But in the meantime, I have to go out and, and say it first. And so I, I think just each individual case can be handled on its own because it's just how it merits that response.
I, I RJ, think RJ, 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 first of all, taking... if uh, we need to get on a plane, Tampa flies yeah! direct to Dallas. You just let us know, and we are there. <laughs> just say the word. Number two, um, you know, guys, this is something that I was taught by my grandfather uh, a long time ago, and why your reputation is uh, is important. And how you build that is based upon how you treat others. And not everyone, I live in this environment currently today, running a community of 300 plus members, that not everyone's going to be satisfied at the same level. And there are gonna be people on the outside that think one thing that may not be the same about the collective genius. And what I always go back to is every single one of those members defend us. I had a conversation yesterday about someone thinking our group was this, when that's not the reality, and that member said, no, that's not, ex that's not what it is. This is exactly what they stand for and what they are as human beings. I think that's so important, especially if you're listening to this and you're just starting out your business and you're thinking about doing those deals that may have some gray area on them and things like that. I can tell you this, there are people in my market right now I won't do deals with just because of the way that they've handled themselves. I don't care how good the deal is. I'm just not gonna do anything with that human being just because the way they treated me that one time. I think something being said too, right? To, to Leon's point as well, uh, that we aren't, we haven't said yet is put some caution on who you do business with. You know, I think when you're new to business, you're eager, you know, you're, you're trying to make things happen. And oftentimes, you know, when people are starting out, they're ready to just go into business with anybody that they feel they can help get them to uh, the next place that they're trying to go. Uh, and, and there has to be something said about having some, some, you know, discernment. And, and paying attention to the people you're doing business with. How do they conduct themselves? How do they talk about other people? That's something I'm looking at all the time. You know, how do people talk about other people? Every time I talk to them, are they gossiping and talking about somebody else? I don't know that's somebody that I want to do business with regardless of how great the deal is. Uh, and so you have to have an unemotional approach to business at, at all times, in my opinion, and operate based on logic. And, and a lot of that has to do with having some front end patience uh, before you jump into things and jump into bed with somebody. I think that's, that's please, a great, great point. Hold on. I got to interrupt you, Steve, because I'm just going to beg Potter to please, for the love of God, pull an RJ, take <laughs> the victory out of Steve's hands right now, <laughs> and give the victory to Nicole Allen for the greatest answer ever given. Dude, that's my yeah. wife, bro. You know that, right? <laughs> we go back in time, teleport. Read their mind and then go Magneto on his ass, <laughs> bro. You know that, hey, RJ. You know that's my wife, right, bro? Yes, give her the win, she dude. Wins. My wife's winning every day, bro. You already know that. <laughs> now, Look, Potter, I think I think you're winning, Potter. I think you're 100. CJ, you nailed that one, dude. I'm married way out of my league, dude. way out. Steve, Steve vouched for me on that one. 100, 100, 100. So like, I wanna. Uh, real quick here, um, just to RJ, I think he's taking the whole thing with not being a real closer a little too seriously. So <laughs> I was just kidding when I didn't think you were a real closer. Do not go CG on me. Do not go Nicole on me. Do not Magneto me. I would appreciate that very much. Uh, all right so this is this is what i'm gonna do um I, i'm a level with y'all we all know that nicole is the clear winner like dude she's the reigning champion every day of the week that being said everybody is getting a point in this round particularly my man leon's actually gonna get two because i love the kumbaya that's going on here 
RJ coming in, you know, with his Viking heritage there. How can we not love that? CJ pulling up on the stoop, ready, like, dude, let's let's have intentional, respectfully let's roll. words. Yeah, let's talk about it, man. You, you know, to say, let's talk about it. Exactly. And Steve, Steve over here let's being the master, it, yeah. being the master of, look, I'm not dealing with your bullshit. I ain't even gonna like. I'm not even paying attention Potter, man, to you. It's an old school move, man. You know where I'm from, man. You put your hand on the shoulder and put a little squeeze on the thumb. Bro, I understand. Dude, my man, wife's from Jersey. You know yeah, that, right, dude? Like, man, every day I get that Somebody thought. Somebody told me you had something to say, man. Let's talk about it. <laughs> so, is that, is, that um, you, is that how you start the conversation, Chris? Yeah, yeah that's... Hey, Steve, somebody told me you had something to say. I'm here. I flew out to AZ, man, on a non No pressure point. No uh, pressure point, man. Right I took a layover show. to get here, man. I'm from Richmond. I took a layover. <laughs> I'm putting on my an, hand on your On an additional note here. I will say this, and this goes to Leon's point. This is why Leon got two points that round. At the end of the day, you saw everybody in that chat. You saw everybody on this panel literally ready to hop on the phone, hop on the plane, backing RJ up. At the end of the day, RJ Bates, you are one of the good ones in the industry. You're a horrible judge, but you're an amazing human being, and we appreciate you. Steve Trang is our winner this week. Um, it's nice for him to be able to come back and go ahead and get that closer belt. Um, that being said, it's been a great show. I'm going to go ahead and send it over to Steve so that he can go ahead and send y'all off. Uh, man, just a good time as always. Uh, and I just want to say thank you, everyone here, right? Like the three of you, Jimmy, Eric, you guys covered for us last week. You guys crushed it. It was a hilarious show. Um, I felt more informed. Um, and RJ, I learned that RJ is also not good at math. So, but same thing as always, right? I always appreciate having this show, and I'm really grateful that we can again do this with all our uh, all our awesome friends. Yeah, Ka Cassie's clearly the one that runs final numbers over there. <laughs> <laughs> RJ, talk to us, boss. <laughs> uh, first and foremost, uh, if you've never met Chris Jefferson in person. This dude is massive. So when he rolls up on you and says, let's have a conversation, I'll tell you right now, you are in trouble. All right? You better start talking. Uh, but no, a great episode. A uh, ton of fun. And appreciate all the kind words from everyone. It means a lot. And uh, looking forward to next week. Leon, go ahead and give us your best outro. Great show, everyone. Leon G. Barnes with the Collective Genius. Uh, I usually don't pitch but I can, tell, I can tell you that uh, for the first time since COVID, we are going back to California for the Collective Genius, and we're pumped about it. It's here in a couple of weeks. Oceanside, sorry, Steve, we're not coming back to Phoenix. Uh, if you are doing 100-plus transactions or revenue equivalent, uh, got a couple of weeks for everyone to sign up that, uh, or, or apply uh, to the Collective Genius. If you're interested, hit us up at learnmoreaboutcg.com. And I mean, I am, in case you guys haven't figured it out by now, I am a proud member, right, of CG. I, whatever nonsense people are saying about CG, they're wrong. I love CG. Appreciate And RJ and CJ are honorary members on my behalf. Still waiting on the invite, but okay. Veto <laughs> did. Veto. CJ, send us out. Shout out to Kaba Properties, man. Listen, real quick. All right, real quick. Real quick. Shout out to Kaba, man. Shout out to Kaba. But real fast, man, Charged Up University, the vibes every Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern. I got a webinar tonight, man. You should go to startflippingdeals.com and be there. It's always a pleasure hanging out with you guys, man. Much love to everybody. CJ's got a webinar tonight, which means he'll be late next week. <laughs> <laughs> He's consistent. 
<laughs> you got it. You got to stay consistent. You got to stay consistent, dude. You you are consistent, CJ. You are. Much love to all of you guys. It's been awesome being back. We'll see you next week.